Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio news show. I'm Marcello Rolando, your host, And my Reasonable Voice guest today is Andrea Miller. She has been on the show before. She's a good friend. I like to say she's my political mentor. I've learned a great deal about how to deal with 21st century technology. So let me tell you a little more about Andrea Miller after I say welcome, Andrea, to the show again. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me on, Marcello. Uh, It's my pleasure. You know, always, always, a conversation with you is amazingly educational and informative. But let us tell everyone, Andrea Miller is the chair of the People's Budget Campaign and executive director of People Demanding Action. People Demanding Action is a multi-issue advocacy group. She is both an organizer and digital advocacy expert. i got to find out what that is. Andrea has appeared on the Tom Hartman Show and, of course, on the Reasonable Voices Show and Charlottesville this week. She hosts the Progressive Roundtable and is an IT professional. And that's the point I want to stress, an IT professional, because we're going to talk about how much she knows about what computers can do to American elections. Andrea Miller is also responsible for the People Demanding Action's digital strategy and customizes advocacy tools for small to medium-sized organizations through the Progressive Support Project. Okay, Andrea, listen, we're bombarded with um, uh, guarantees from various uh, reliable sources that foreign and domestic computer hackers are going to hack the midterms and I got to ask you, when when I hear about things going on in Georgia, uh, uh, voters being purged from rolls, is that kind of thing going on in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Well, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we very, very wisely, under Governor McAuliffe, transitioned most jurisdictions to paper ballots. So that means we no longer use the same type of technology that's prevalent in the state of Georgia, meaning they vote on 
touchscreen machines. So you walk in, you push buttons on a machine, and that's your boat. You don't get a receipt. You don't get anything. You hope the machine was properly calibrated and that your vote will be counted as count. Mm. What we have learned is that even 12-year-olds can hack that technology, which is what they just proved in DEF CON. So um, any state that is using equipment like that, that equipment is very, very vulnerable to hacking and paper ballots are much, 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 much better. But they also have a certain, well, it's not really a vulnerability. There's a guarantee that comes with paper ballot that your elections won't be hacked, providing you actually turn on an accountability, an audit feature on the machine. Well, actually, it's turned on. It's providing you don't destroy the valid images. So there is so much that is going on in this election cycle with voting machines. So number one, Virginia will be voting on paper. Number two, those paper ballots, and I believe it's something like 85 to 90% of all Virginia locations will now be voting on paper. Those paper ballots are now scanned into a digital scanner. So after you vote, when you walk over, stand in line, and place your ballot in a machine, your ballot is actually scanned. Now, what does that mean? It means that that scanner takes a picture of your ballot front and back, and then it counts that picture that it took. Now, why is that not hackable? Well, number one, when people hack elections, they normally like adjusting numbers. So it's really easy to figure out who won an election. You take the total number of ballots that you have, the total number of votes, you divide by two, and then you add one, and that's winning. Anything else is great. One thing that computers do really, really fast is they calculate really fast. So if you run a program and you tell the computer, now I want you to take your total and then I want you to shift 13 to 18% of the vote over to this person, that person now wins. When there's no paper, nothing to prove that those votes were shifted, well, you know, all you know is what people told you. This is the person that won. Mm. Now, to Virginia, right? Because I, I, Martell is getting ready to go, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. What, what about Virginia? Yeah. What about paper? I know where you're going. Yes. This is where everybody, this everybody goes. All right, now, with paper, they realized that they wanted to make certain that it would be possible 
is fascinating but i've got to say something i don't think i've ever heard you say before the idea that you can put the votes you can put the actual images of ballots and then see of course if they're out of sequence for one thing but on a thumb drive and then a regular citizen a everyday citizen who's still learning about elections can plug that into a computer and actually see those ballots on a screen? Is that yes, that's what 
these machines were designed for. They were designed to make elections transparent, and we don't bother to use one of the best features of the machine. We just don't bother. That's like having a car that, of course, is capable of going 70 miles an hour, and even on the freeway, you only go 30. Yes, I, I get the analogy, believe me. And by we, you mean Virginia or America or how many states? Um, well, we were speaking specifically about Virginia. Okay. Now, Fairfax County, shout out to Fairfax County, they understand how important the ballot images are. They keep them, but there is no directive in Virginia to keep the ballot images. Now, do you remember the election in the 94th district in Virginia where the House of Delegates was decided by one vote? Oh, yes, yes. Now, remember, there was a tremendous amount of insistence. Oh, we know that voter intended to vote for this person because they crossed out the other part. Mm. Well, that yeah. jurisdiction destroyed the ballot images right away. Yes. So if we had the ballot images, we could have and through the ballot, found that ballot, were those marked on the ballot from the beginning, or did they get there afterwards? Wow. I'm loving that we have the equipment and that we're using it, but I guess the point you're still making is somehow... We're not using it as intended. We're missing the major benefit. Gotcha. And that was where I was right. headed. So how do we how do we get, we the people, get our government, especially as we speak about Virginia, to do that? I mean, I know what you're saying. Virginia has an election every year. I understand the, the challenge of that. But computers can be programmed to do whatever you want them to do, yes? Uh, yes, uh, but again, how much does a thumb drive cost? So what we're really talking about here is following federal law yes. and ensuring that our elections are transparent, the ability to say nobody hacked into our elections, we can prove it, we can show you the ballots, nobody took any out, nobody added any excellence in, here they are, we can see them. Now remember, paper ballots don't have anybody's name on it. Yes, that's right.
I sat there with my own little tabulator and, okay, yeah, I I agree with the numbers that they came up with. Wasn't happy about it, but yeah, I personally saw with my own eyes mm. how, you know, person A won as opposed to I was hoping it was person B or whatever it was. Well, wow. I am going to say again, just so to make certain everyone has heard this, all of what I know about uh, computers and all the things that I have learned to to use to a computer and the internet uh, to uh, for the reasonable voice and and for the radio show and all of that has come primarily from our guest today, uh, Andrea Miller, uh, sending me step-by-step instructions on how to teach myself this. What she's talking about today is an extension of that by the hundreds of thousands. She is telling all of us, this is what we can do. And if I'm understanding you correctly, Andrea, one can petition, If I don't necessarily mean that in its limited uh, definition, but petition the board of uh, elections after an election that we get a certain number of people want to get in a room and they're going to plug in the thumb drive and we're going to be able to see the ballots it does that exist or is that something we still have to fight to get well we're going to have to fight a to make sure they keep the ballot images yes. because right now most jurisdictions don't so the first step to doing that is we need the Board of Elections to issue a memorandum to all the registrars, keep the ballot images, transfer them to a thumb drive, don't erase them. Which would be following federal law. And we would be following federal law that says whatever you use to count your vote, you have to keep it for 22 months. Now, if they want to keep the paper ballots, yes, that's great. But in the case of digital scanners, your paper ballots are your backup source. Mm. They are not the primary source of the count. The count is that digital image sitting on the hard drive of the machine. All right. Well, I heard this morning about... uh uh, we now have drones that can kill other drones, and now I'm hearing we we the possibility is there to have a th- thumb drive to do away with hackers. Uh, we're going to take a break. I've got, I've got to I've got to absorb some of this during the break. This is incredible, Andrea Miller. As always, every time she is on the Reasonable Voices show, stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. I assure you, there is plenty more. Just when you think you know it all. Andrea Miller can tell you more about elections in America, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and other states as well. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wow. Taking care of an Alzheimer's patient is a pretty much a full-time Fifty percent of caregivers die uh, while they are caring for awareness someone. about Alzheimer's and research. Just because someone's mind is being diminished does not mean that uh, the ordinary physical things don't happen. They can uh, have a sore throat and not be able to tell you. They can have something in their eye and not be able to explain it. 
So you have to be aware that in every respect, life is still going on for them physically, even though you are focused on the, uh, the mental dementia, the, the person is still living a life physically and emotionally. For all those who see this video, I hope you will learn more than I ever did before you ever have to know it. That's my message. Support, please, the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you. Please call 800-272-3900. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. Our reasonable voice today, Andrea Miller. Andrea, one thing you repeated in the last segment was, why keep the paper ballots? Because they're not what's counted. Can you explain that to me? Well, when we're talking about accountability in an election, the paper ballots are basically backup. When you're looking at an electronic device, what if something happens and the machine really does break? Now you've got the paper as a backup. Okay. But while the machine is functioning just fine, sitting on the hard drive of that scanner that scans those ballots until you erase it is a photograph front and back of every ballot that it scanned and counted. Hmm. Shouldn't we keep that for the 22 months? Now, paper is big. Paper takes a lot of physical space to store. Yes. Number one, how large is a thumb drive? It's very, very small. And the other thing I love about thumb drives is the technology has become so common that thumb drives are very inexpensive. So there would be no argument of, oh, good gosh, golly, this is going to be a budget buster. It's a thumb drive, yes. and you only need one exactly. per machine. Yes. Okay, I got it. Now, recently, I um, happened to be passing an office uh, of uh, Senator Tim Kaine, who I've met, and, and as a matter of fact, because of you, met him on the Hill in a very important meeting at the time. In any case, I decided, because I hear so much of this from other sources as well as you, that I was going to check my voter registration status. And the people with me thought I was silly, what a waste of time, because they know I vote every year, they recognize me at the poll when I walk in, hello, Mr. Rolando, etc. But I said, no, 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 Andrea and everyone else I'm talking to says I need to do this. So I walked in, and indeed I was registered, same place, and but the experience is something I think we should share with your guidance uh, who should be doing this besides me, checking on their voter registration status, and what should we expect of the people who we ask to check on it for us? Well, number one, every voter in the Commonwealth of Virginia, actually every voter in every state, mm-hmm. should check on your voter registration status. Now, in Virginia, there are three statuses. Number one, you could be on 
in the system and you are unregistered. What that means is the Board of Elections has unregistered, I call it deregistered you for a reason if you show up in the system. Now, if you're brand new, you just moved to Virginia, you and you haven't registered to vote yet, you are not going to be in the system. If you register to vote in Virginia, you should probably check your registration every six months. And here's why. Wow. The reason you want to check your registration is we've all heard about, oh, and for some reason, voters received or were sent a postcard from the Board of Elections. Mm -hmm. If you get a postcard from the Board of Elections, you have to return that postcard. If you don't return it, you are going to end up on the inactive list. Now, there are three registration statuses. Number one, the good one that you want is your registration is active. And if it's active, you want to look at where does the Board of Elections think you are registered to vote and where is your precinct? Where should you be voting? So you want to check that. Now, if your status is anything other than active, that means you could very easily have a challenge when you attempt to vote, and you might not be able to vote at all. If you are unregistered, you Mm. cannot vote in Virginia. Mm. That's just it. Voting is for registered voters, and Virginia does not, at this time, offer same-day registration. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, I was doing voter registration training. I trained people who want to register voters in our C3 organization that deals with voting. And there was a woman there, and she nearly fell off her chair because the first thing I have all of my registrars do is check your voter registration so Mm. you know how to tell everyone you encounter, this is what I want you to do, and you check your own, and that way you can figure out, is your registration active? Her registration is inactive. And on her screen, she could see that she had voted in the 2018 primary, the 2017 general. She had never missed voting in an election. Hmm. One of the new triggers in many, many states is they take the voter file and they compare it to postal service records. Do you have a change of address on file? Okay. Then the second thing they look at is Social Security. These are federal databases. They are very accurate. They are maintained very carefully. Do we have people on our voter roll who may have died? And the other thing they look at is checks. Are people receiving money? under their name, but going to a different address. Hmm. This woman was 
having her social security check sent to her daughter because she travels frequently. Mm-hmm. And that had probably triggered a postcard, which she either never got or didn't see. So because the address didn't match, she was now on the inactive list. Oh, wow. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell people how to check. Every member of your family who is a voter, you should check. Because, as I said, we don't have same-day registration in Virginia, mm-hmm. and you won't be able to correct it if you show up to vote and then discover, what do you mean I'm not an active voter anymore, yes. or I'm not registered anymore? This is what you do. Now, if you text, I know not everybody texts, but there's a lot of people who do. If you text, you can text my vote my space v-o-t-e two eight zero four three seven five four two one and it will send a link to your phone where you can check your voter registration status now when you check your status if you are unregistered you can click the register button, which will be on the same page. If when you check your voter registration status, you go, uh-oh, uh, wow, that that's not my address. I moved and somehow I've got to let the Board of Elections know. Mm. We're seeing this happen to a lot of seniors. They no longer drive. They've gone to the DMV to update their driver's license. That would have automatically updated their voter registration. Seniors no longer drive, move in with a family member, move to a senior facility, nothing there to trigger that automatic boom. We've got to update their voter registration address. So young people, please check for your grandparents and your parents if they aren't comfortable using computers. The number is 804-375-4421. Text my vote and it will send you the link. Now, if you don't text but you use a computer, go to center or commonground.org and at the top right there's a button there's a link check registration click on that and that will take you to the same page that that text does and there just gather up all the voters in your family and check everybody and make sure everyone comes up as active and yes there voting address is correct. If not, you can update it right from that screen. Okay, give us that uh, that website again. The website is center for commonground.org Wow. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting number. There are 12,030 people in Virginia who voted in the last three elections 
but they are on the inactive list. This is going to be a fairly big problem in a number of elections. We have, and now this is just community of color voters. This is across the entire United States. 2.6 million voters are on the inactive voter list. When we look at unregistered voters, and again, this is just community of color voters, um, I do this research using information from the voter file. There are 14 million people who used to be registered who are no longer registered. Okay, let, let me... Okay, just so I, I'm clear on this, there are 14 million across America, 14 million voters, people of color, who were registered and have voted, but now are not registered. Is, uh, um, I didn't say they voted, they had been registered, oh, gotcha. but now they are no longer registered. Okay, so, in a, so that's just the people of color. Do we have any statistics for for people, you know, other people? Uh, are they just as high or what? What? If we look at all vulnerable voters, all voters who could be have a challenge to vote in 2018 nationwide, it could be as many as 50 million. Oh, my God. Holy smoke. 50 million yes. Americans who are of the age to vote. Or to be registered, yes. And the 50 million we're talking about now, which includes everybody, uh, you know, every right. whatever race or whatever they all are. Races. Exactly. That 50 everybody. million was at one point registered, whether they voted yes. or not, but now they're right. not. Is it not, it, it, would it be unrealistic to think that, and I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate, 50 million Americans, it's hard for me to believe, simply let their registration lag. Uh, they just chose not to be registered anymore. Okay, now, now, in Virginia, when you register to vote, you remain registered to vote until... One of two things happen. Number one, the Board of Elections believes you died or actually freezing. Number two, the Board of Elections believes that you have moved and they send you a postcard and you don't send it back. Mm. Number three, you are found guilty of a felony because remember in Virginia, yes. a felony conviction disenfranchised of you. Now, Virginia is not Texas. In Texas, every two years, you have to notify the Secretary of State that, yeah, I'm interested in continuing to vote. We are not Texas in Virginia. Every state has different laws and different rules, and very few states allow same-day registration. What do you mean I got a postcard? I don't remember seeing a postcard and people are going to show up to vote and discover they've been disenfranchised. 
You know, and you raise a good point that we, we should, uh, I want to stress here. Voting is not a federal controlled thing, although we've mentioned today there certainly can be federal laws about keeping elections transparent, etc. But the federal government does not directly control how elections are run. Each state does. Can you comment on that and what we need to be concerned or happy about? And because each state is responsible for administering their own election, they can pass laws like strict photo ID laws. Virginia is a strict photo ID state. You cannot cast a ballot in Virginia unless you have a photo ID. Virginia does not have same-day registration as opposed to a state like California where there is no photo ID and your um, ability to vote is exactly that. It is your ability to vote. It, and they also have day registrations so that if administratively you move, but it's like, oops, right, I'm not driving anymore. I in an urban area and there's good public transportation so I sold my car and you know didn't bother to tell the motor vehicle you would be able to register to vote at the same time that you showed up to vote we don't have that in Virginia Yeah, and I don't imagine they have in a lot of states but the point is you need to, especially when you move from one state to another, I guess, is part of this message, too. You you just need to check your registration. And as you say, as much as every six months? Yes, because what states do, of course, is they maintain their voter rolls. And by maintaining their voter rolls, they, A, want to remove people who have died uh, that is more than reasonable, and they want to remove people who have moved out of state, again, that is more than reasonable. And the other thing they want to do is they want to look to make sure they have people set up to vote in the right precinct. Yeah. And that's where things are starting to get a little hairy in so many states. People move, they move less than 12 miles from where they live. In many instances, technically, they would still be voting in the same precinct. Mm -hmm. But because their address doesn't match that flag, this could be an inactive voter. They may have moved somewhere else. And when they send that postcard, mail the postcard back, let us know that yes, you still intend to vote from this address, then they're going to be good to go. But many people get the postcard, they look at it, they go, yeah, the information is right, and they throw it away without carefully reading the postcard. Wow. I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have to say, when I get these postcards and unexpected or unwanted, I'd say junk mail, as I, as I see it, 
I just toss it, and I guess we all need to be... We just live in an age where more than ever before, in part because of the hackers, yes, but also because of computerized world and seniors, as you say, I think are vulnerable. What is your takeaway for us? We, we register, we check our registration, and we register others. What, what do we have to do? And that is in a nutshell. Mm. If we want to be participants in democracy, we are now going to need to be vigilant, not only for ourselves, but for any vulnerable family members that we have. I suggest that if you belong to a church, take this message to your church, mm. set up a couple of computers when you're, or, or religious institution, not just churches, set up the computer your institution has meals or social time after services, and have everyone check and help those that don't know how to do their own and make sure their registrations are active. We're just going to need to do that because as you say, Marcello, we get mail, we think it's junk, or we look at it, we go, this is correct, and then we throw it away. Mm. People are losing their ability. Notice I didn't say right. I uh, said ability let's... to vote <laughs> by the million. I was going to go there next. We're so in tune here. Remind all of us listening out there what you have told me, and and I now know it, and that is voting is not a right. Even when we hear people who mean who work so hard to get people to vote say it's your right to vote or voting rights. Voting is not a right. Like driving, it is a privilege. Elaborate, please, Andrew. Well, when we look at the history of the U.S., the only people originally who had the right to vote were wealthy, land-owning, white Men. Mm-hmm. If you didn't own any land, you weren't voting. If you weren't a man, you weren't voting. If you weren't white, you weren't voting. Over time, the constitutional amendment, they have, quote, expanded the franchise. But we have never said voting is a right for all Americans over the age of 18, 18 mm. and above. And because we've left that squidgy wiggle room, mm-hmm. all manner of things have happened to our ability to vote. When we lost Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act, states that historically tried to disenfranchise voters, as a matter of fact, were successful in disenfranchising voters, well, there were no longer protections where we were looking at if they changed their voting laws. Does this change in your voting laws make it more difficult for certain classes of people to vote? Mm. Those protections no longer exist. So we are gradually rolling backwards. And there are some states, frankly, that are really taking advantage of that. Yes. Loopholes will get you every time. All right. 
Andrea Miller, my goodness, every time I think I've uh, <laughs> mastered every, everything you've told me, you come back, and thank goodness you do, because there's just more and more and more specifics, there's, as they say, getting into the, the roots of a thing. And then you always have very clear, specific instructions, just as you did with me. That was the point I was trying to make, everyone. She's now doing this with everyone that will hear this podcast very specific, step-by-step. Step. But I have one, and I know we're running out of time, but I have one more question. What should we expect from, after all, everybody's human, even the wonderful volunteers who who uh, man the, the, the polls and voting time and registration, they're all human. Voter registrars are human. People can make honest mistakes. What should we as a citizen, especially when we are confirming our voter registration is intact, what should we expect from people who are responsible for confirming that we, our voter registration is intact and our, our privilege to vote is intact? We should expect that a, people are willing to provide assistance because voting is a critical part of democracy. And when people want to participate, it really is their right to check on, am I vote ready? Am I ready to go? Mm -hmm. Or do I need to do something that will ensure if I vote absentee or if I show up at home, that I will be able to cast a regular ballot and that that ballot will be counted. So that should be every person's expectation in dealing with registrars, board of elections people, and or volunteers. You are asking nothing unreasonable from the people whose job is to administer their clean and transparent election. Excellent. All right. We have been talking to the most knowledgeable Andrea Miller, who has uh, once again really given us a heads up on how to successfully participate in democracy this coming 2018 election and every election and part of it, so much of it is our personal responsibility to keep our registration uh, current. And by the way, I feel very strongly register other voters, but you need training for that. Uh, Andrea, is it is there a website we can go to about uh, learning how to register voters? Oh, there most definitely is. You can go to VirginiaRegisterToVote.org. Virginia, spell it out, register, number two, vote.org. Down at the very bottom of the home page is the third-party voter registration training from the Board of Elections. It will take you 15 minutes to complete it. And then when you get done with it, there's a link to the affidavit. Virginia law since 2013 requires if you are going to register people using paper forms, the Virginia Board of Elections wants you to be certified to register voters. One of the reasons for that is Virginia asks for the full social security number and 
identity information. So they want to make certain that anybody registering voters in Virginia is following the law and proper procedures. I just love the way you explain things. Okay, we have been having an incredible conversation and information enlightening experience today with Andrea Miller. I'm proud to say my friend and political mentor, and I hope you will listen to this podcast and glean from it the kind of information you need to to participate fully in what democracy is all about. How's that? Thank you so much, Andrea Miller, for being on the show today. We wish you all the best and uh, and and that everyone will benefit from your knowledge. Okay? Thank you, Marcella. My pleasure. Bye now. There is nothing wrong with me. They keep saying he was funny before he developed dementia, and he was funny after. Denial is not the solution. Alzheimer's is not going to go away. More than 5 million families are dealing with Alzheimer's or related dementia, and that is more like 20 million people because for each individual with a diagnosis, there's at least three primary caregivers who are trying to take care of them and give them the support and the love they need. Right here in Central Virginia, though, that number is close to 150,000 of our own friends and neighbors. We do all kinds of activities in the community, and we do those with the staff and the volunteers of those organizations having been trained. We pay attention to enjoying the opportunity of a community event and being out in the public. Our vision, of course, is a world without Alzheimer's. Support, please, the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you. Please call 1-800-272-3900. Hello, I'm Martello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. Thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. The company Trump keeps. One guilty verdict down and one to go for Paul Manafort. Michael Cohen implicates Donald Trump in campaign finance violations. If hush money was paid by either Trump campaign or Trump companies, foundation, etc., then infamous June 2016 meeting in Trump Tower for dirt is just the tip of the iceberg for a titanic Trump family. What if from Nixon's GOP to Omarosa, following the money reveals the truth about a U.S. president stashing rubles, Wall Street corporatism raping American family finances, and our 2016 presidential election was a fraud of, by, and for Trump's team of at least seven deadly sinners. Can we handle such truth? perpetrating a reality of truly fake news. People like conspiracist Alex Jones, RN spokesperson Kaylee McKenney, Jeff Sessions, Mike Pence, Mitch McConnell, Steve Bannon, and Donald Trump are dismantling the very infrastructure of founding American principles, separation of church and state, checks and balances, and the privilege to vote. If not gone with the wind, blinded by the chemotherapy of conservatism. Truth is, regardless of what we believe, how we think of ourselves, or what we are willing to do unto others, 95% of Americans are on the GOP enemies list. 
snatching the American dream from I have a dream, trumped men and women have resurrected a chaotic, babbling tower inhabiting the Peter Principle. Financed by foreign wealth, while destroying refugee families and disappearing innocent children. The current nightmarish truth, America is being programmed to be an also-ran nation, by elected hacks, fortifying pressure, engrossing us with normalizing tyranny, that is then released through indiscriminate street violence, spousal murders, children dying alone in overheated cars, arguably all the radioactive waste of a government of the greedy envious of obama by the wrath of power lust all for their pride in gluttony truth is what's rotting america's state of mind is the implementation of a mayhem facade to cover up trump's raison d'etre sadly misinformation destroys in all directions and truth is both its primary and ultimate target our diverse character is most courageous and enlightening when we hold these truths to be self-evident all are created equal is the only truth that makes america a home of the brave when we discontinue the lies we tell ourselves we'll see the value of focusing our energy on exposing the impeachable offenses of the trump pence administration because democracy is an endangered species when a president encourages rigging either foreign or domestic in truth there are no guarantees that trump won't pardon manafort that priests are the only pedophiles in america abusing all of god's children or even for a miraculous blue wave reason however recognizes truth's malice of forethought and divisive mastery of derailing news cycles with extreme diversions from truth nonetheless we can't make Mueller America's comeback without journalism engaging in a balanced approach that doesn't entrench every life in our distressed nation with relentless Trump projectiles. America's truth is in the answers of our leaders and ourselves. 1. Isn't there reasonable doubt regarding the wisdom, indeed danger, of the Trump-Pence agenda for America? 2. With so much gun violence targeting mental illness instead of a Russian liaison NRA, is it not prudent to amend our 25th regarding a president's mental health? 3. Did America's truth, like the frog in a simmering pot of water, have its heat increased for boiling on January 20th, 2017? 4. Are Blackwater types America's true definition? 5. Aren't bullies, like our president, just cowards craving recognition? 6. Is Rosie O'Donnell right? Trump is loathed in America? 7. What is the legacy of women like Rachel Maddow, Sally Yates, Aretha Franklin, Barbara Underwood, and how can we endow children with it? My grandmama always said the best apology is to never repeat the offense. So rather than labeling Trump voters stupid, let's legally condemn the Trump-Pence gathering of lawmakers and make our 2018 midterm elections a resounding nessun dorma. No one sleeps. 
vowing never to give our power to me-first men like Jeff Sessions, Trey Gowdy, Devin Nunes, and Trump again. Let's vote, embracing this truth. America's current distress is imposed from within, from those who deny that the truth is real, discernible, and absolute, beyond rude perjury traps. Truth is, despite growing pains, America is changing, and Trump's Kavanaugh can't stop us from answering the call with a reinvigorating left turn. Thank you. And join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Music